Hi, it's Fraser and Craig back with another episode of Video Drone, the Halloween special. Uh, what we're going to be looking at this week, Craig? A chud. Uh huh. The Wolves of Aga, and Bear Blood. All right, okay, and we're actually recording it on Halloween as well, so this is absolutely box fresh. Okay, before we get started, uh, hopefully we're going to be on a bit more of a sort of regular recording basis, so we're going to have to get through yeah. a good few more films, so if we can get some more suggestions in from the people out there, definitely, yeah. that would be brilliant. Um, yeah. And also me and Craig are talking about the sort of format of the show, how we think we need a bit more chit-chatting yeah. about sort of collecting and watching films and things like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe how, how uh, movie watching's changed over the years, Yeah, all that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, maybe we can... Uh, Try and get a bit more content on our website as well. I've been talking about getting a few more written reviews and mm -hmm. stuff like that, which I'm actually working on this weekend. Right. Strangely enough. Oh, um, okay. So maybe cool. we'll get stuff, some stuff up then. But yes, sir, on our first entry for the day, Chud. <laughs> Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Indeed. One awesome. of the best acronyms ever. <laughs> so this was, uh, when was this from? 1984? 1984, yeah. Right, it's going way back. So, um, so far back, in fact, I, I don't even think I fully remember my first viewing of this film. I'm pretty sure I, I have seen it when I was very, very young, uh -huh. when I probably shouldn't have been watching it. <laughs> like many uh, films from the era. Yeah, that's the best way to watch them, <laughs> when you're not allowed to. So, 1984, directed by Douglas Cheek. Mm -hmm. I remember the Vestron video, with the, the, the sort of chud on the cover, mm -hmm. the sort of pinky cover. But uh, And I saw it back then. Um, we'll talk about the, the, the film... A little bit. We've been watching a Region One DVD of it, mm -hmm. which is very different to what we, well, at least what I watched back in the day, back in the eighties. Yeah. Um, like I say, I don't really remember the film very. Well. I remember a few bits, mm -hmm. so which cements the fact that I have watched it. Yeah. But it was so so long ago, and like I say, me me brother quite often used to sort of sneak films home and let's and, watch and them. Watch. And yeah. A lot of them have stayed in my head for, for the simple fact that I've rewatched them many times since. Mm -hmm. But this one, I really couldn't remember much. I remember a few key moments, but we'll get to that. Um, carry on, sorry. So, no, 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 it's okay. Uh, so, Chud, starring John Hurd, mm -hmm. fairly famous. Yep. Daniel Stern, mm -hmm. famous for Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, was he also in City Slickers as well, I think? Yeah, I think he is, yeah. Yes, I mean, so he's I... a sort of pretty good actor, like sort of comedy actor, uh, mainly, I, I, I would suppose. John Hurd was was quite big in the early 80s, I think. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, I remember popping up in a, in a few films. I think it was in Cat People, Paul Schrader's version of Cat People. Mm. Um, Cutter and Bone, or Cutter's Way as it was in, in the UK. But yeah, he pops up in a, in a few bits and bobs. Mm -hmm. um, looking very portly in this one, I must say. He fills that <laughs> shirt well, doesn't he? he does, certainly does. <laughs> um, I mean, so we'll need to go through a bit of a sort of plot synopsis. synopsis. Yeah. So... Um, the basic gist of it is that uh, homeless people are disappearing from New York yeah. City streets, and um, particular Captain, ones that like seem to live underground rather than that's yeah. right, yes, because there's a whole um, sort of group of uh, group of sort of bums who are living in the sewers, mm -hmm. in the tunnels and things, and uh, Captain Bosch um, figures out that um, great name it is, it is fantastic, and leading to a, 
a great line uh, it doesn't wash bosh <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so the, so they're they're all going uh, going missing from the city and and also uh, bosh's wife is uh, turns out to be missing as well though we don't actually find that out till a little way in no that's her disappearing at the very start of the film yes, isn't it she's, she, she is getting... indeed the first victim yeah and she's actually uh, played by Daniel Stern's real wife. All right, I didn't yeah. know that. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this one thing leads to another, and it turns out there's a bit of a conspiracy with with the uh, the sort of the powers that be that are hiding mm-hmm. or sort of dumping illegal sort of toxic substances underneath the city. Yeah. So one thing leads to another. So that actually chuds two acronyms. So there's mm-hmm. cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers, and I can't know what the other one was. Is it um, containment hazard urban disposal? There you go. Spot on, Craig. Because it's a lot to do with toxic waste being moved through NYC and the fact that they can't get rid of it because some sort of bills come in mm-hmm. prevent them from doing so, which uh, the sort of sleazy government guy, uh, Wilson, explains much to his chagrin. Yeah. <laughs> he can't well, he can't shift it, and he's a bit annoyed about that. <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, it's got a bit of sort of... Um, an ecological side to it, conspiracy mm-hmm. as well, um, but it, it's a funny little film. Go, going up to it's getting back to the characters just for a second. Oh, we yeah, haven't yeah. really went through who all in March so much. Um, Daniel Stern plays um, Shepherd, who's known as the Reverend. Yeah, and it should be we should probably mention that him and Bosch have a history. Yes, and they've encountered each other before, and obviously Shepherd's had a bit of a dodgy past. Mm-hmm. It's never really explicitly explained what, but he's been in some trouble before, seemingly. Yeah. But now he runs a soup kitchen. Yeah, he's like, and he's a fairly upstanding guy. He's like, yeah, he's he's doing it for the community. So that's his sort of character. But maybe Bosch doesn't quite initially sort of uh, trust him. Trust him, having had a running with him in the past. So Bosch. So we've got Daniel Stern, the sort of helping the street people. Mm -hmm. We've got um, Chris Curry as Captain Bosch. He's quite Mm -hmm. a recognisable face, him, but I, I couldn't. Pin down what what I've seen. I see him here. I, I didn't really do much research on that that uh, vein, but yeah, he's. I've definitely seen him in some films in the past. Yeah, um, John Hurd plays a photographer, mm-hmm. um, who's actually been photographing some of the sort of homeless people. So I hit his link to getting in with the Reverend and things like that. Daniel Stern's character. Yeah, um, and there's also um, John Hurd's model girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She's got a sort of it's quite a significant role in the film. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, played by Kim Greist, is it? Yes, Greist. I'm not Greist, sure you pronounce yeah. it. Again, I know the name, but I wouldn't know what else she's been in. Um, funny film this. Like I say, the cut that we've watched is a director's cut, mm-hmm. and it's considerably different to the version that I can almost remember watching in the 80s, to the point that the end of the 80s version that I saw on VHS, the ending of that film appears in the middle of this version of the film. And I think yeah. you might remember that as well. Aye, yeah, that's that is one of the things I do remember is the sort of, without without any spoils, there's two cops, um, in the film, one played by John Goodman. Early, well, is it early role for John Goodman or? Is I it, think so. Yeah. He was on some TV show at the time. Wasn't yeah, it, I think. probably. Um, Bit was, before Roseanne, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was another comedy though. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Anyway, um, the him and uh, another guy is it Jay Thomas? Um, in the scene. Anyway, they they both um, turn up in this diner, and it's quite a significant part of the film. Mm-hmm. But its placement in the film makes it quite different. Yeah. Depending on which cut you've seen. Exactly. Now I don't know if the other cut that you remember is been available on home video. I mean, do we know much about? Well, this? obviously on VHS back in the day, yeah, but since since video, then I but think since then it's... you tend to find directors' cuts tend to be more prevalent on on their DVD and Blu-ray. But there was a lot of dispute about. Um, 
credit for certain bits of this film. Right? Yeah, apparently reading online, um, there's been there was a bit of a fallout between producers and writers, and different people are, are cited as being credited with different parts of the screenplay, and there's arguments over it. Right. And even some sort of slagging off for people in the commentary. Mm. Which I, well, I haven't listened to the commentary, but no. apparently, according to what I've read online, it's what's a brilliant commentary. It's very funny. I um, went through the company many moons ago. I mean, I've had this disc for at least a decade, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, I remember just watching it the first time round and thinking, that's not the way I remembered it. And then I found out it was a director's cut. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, we'll, we'll get further back into the film in a minute, but there's a, there's a bit where um, Kim Grace's character has been menaced in her apartment by the yeah. monsters. And she's opened a window and she's shouting, like, help, help. And I'm, I can swear down, somebody might be able to correct this here, but in the version that I saw from the 80s, somebody shouts, why don't you call the Ghostbusters? <laughs> I, like, in a funny sort of comedic voice. Hey, lady, why don't you call the Ghostbusters? There's something like that, you know. Yeah. And it's just like, I distinctly remember that, but it's just not in this version. <laughs> so it makes you wonder, like, what, obviously, producer tinkering's probably happened mm-hmm. um, in the meantime, but the version I saw back then, slightly shorter, but mm-hmm. it was much more snappy and, and it was had a great ending. Um, yeah, finishing up in, in the diner. But I suppose the whole point of the film, when it was made, it was, um, what, 84? So it was like everything was about special effects. So it was all about the monsters. Mm. And yeah. what do you think of the monsters in this film? They, they look kind of hokey in a way. I mean, They're very they, rubbery, aren't they? Yeah, they are. But I mean, I think the design is quite good. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like the fact that they have the really um, yellow glowing eyes. The eye, yeah. Like, I because mean, it's quite gonzo that the sort of fact that they're so like illuminated and the, sort the of properly glow. like headlights almost yeah the sort of big <laughs> ping pong ball eyes I suppose yeah. but, I mean no it's it's very I mean when the hands come out with the sort of sewers and things like that it's just, it looks very Doctor Who like I mean old school Doctor mm. Who not new school yeah, Doctor Who it is um, very much an unashamed B movie though yeah it is but it's just it's weird I mean John Hurd's character the photographer He's an angry man at the start, isn't he? He is, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, especially since he's had a background in like uh, modelling and his girlfriend's been a model for a long time and yet mm-hmm. he seems pretty aggressive about like letting sort of people photograph her. Yeah. Well, he's photographing <laughs> and he's not happy and he's going, oh, you're all naked, although she is covered up, to be fair. There's, yeah. no, there's no nudity in this film. Uh-huh. Well, there's a little... No, no, it's not nudity as, as, as what you'd expect. No, she, um, she's, she's in the shower, shower scene, but it's nothing... But it's apparently, tasteful. apparently they, they cut that. It was a body double. Yeah, oh, right. it was mentioned on the DVD. Yeah, right, right. Uh, what, she, she had a, a very um, mismatched body double, and it was it was chopped because the producers and uh, and like a lot of people involved, they didn't really feel like it was uh-huh. necessary. Yeah, um, I mean, again, you can see the low budget. There's that same tunnel location underneath. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the the, the money mustn't have been there that much. But d- despite the cast, um, there's some decidedly dodgy it, acting. That mm. Kim Greased fluffs a line, and they've left it in. <laughs> I noticed that. I don't don't know if you did. I didn't write down which one it was, but um, I didn't no, notice that actually. Um, I think that you know it was entertaining though. It's it like the running time went past quite quickly. Mm-hmm. It's not really directed with any real flair, is it? No, it's um, very static, very TV a, movie. There's a notable scene where I mean we we haven't really went um, we haven't really sort of talked about the advancement of the plot very much, but obviously uh, Shepard and uh, Bosch team up and start investigate what's been happening to the. To the sort of New York City residents, yeah, uh, well, residents, you know, the the homeless, and um, they start to get wind of the conspiracy, and they actually mm-hmm. go to the government, ask them some difficult questions, and leading to that scene I was talking about before, where um, you know, they he's basically like fesses up that they were trying to move all this toxic waste, mm-hmm. but it's 
they don't reveal the existence of the chuds until somebody drops a file and he finds the acronym and then they have, have to have yeah. a chat about it. But um, but that's almost like a red herring, isn't it, really? Yeah. The, 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 the cannibal part of it is just to try and get away with the, the sort of contamination exactly. part of it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a funny one, that. And then there's that, the reporter fella who doesn't really do much apart from get eaten. Murphy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he sort of turns up kind of wanting Cooper to give him more information about Sam, but, but like uh, Cooper doesn't really know himself no. exactly what's going on, apart from the fact he's been photographing the homeless he reveals that but he's like you know i don't really know what's going on and mm-hmm. the photographs get stolen from his place and that don't they and this yeah all that sort of stuff but um there's going back to what i was saying about the, the um the fact it's not really directed with any real flair there's a scene in it where um they're all the character of uh, bosch is watching a monitor where there's some government uh, sort of people going beneath the sewers with like flamethrowers mm-hmm. and wilson the uh, government spook guy who's trying to cover it all up He's um they're they're all watching what's happening on this Monday. Now if that if if it had a bit more directorial flair, that scene could have played out with a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. But as it is, it's not really that edge of your seat. No, like, it's not like in Aliens. Well, that's exactly yeah. what I thought. Uh-huh. Well, I thought of the scene in Aliens where they're watching the sort of helmet cams yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. people are dying. You see their perspective, yeah. and they could have done it a lot like that. But it's just very flat and it's very stark. Uh-huh. It's a bit unfortunate because I think that could have been like you know got you on the edge of your seat. But no, didn't quite work. Um. There's a great scene uh, that I quite liked uh, anyway, in the sewer where um, Cooper and um, and Rever and the Reverend uh, Shepherd meet for the same time. We should mention that he's known as the Reverend. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like his kind of nickname. Um, they meet for the first time, and there's a scene with this half-transformed bum in the sewer who's turning into a chud slowly. Mm. That's one of the things that stuck in my mind about the that film sort of from being young was the fact that like. He's half transformed. He has a fanged mouth and like mm-hmm. pretty like sort demons, of freaky eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like the beginning of the transformations in demons. Yeah. It also reminds me of the dream sequence in American World from London where uh, David sees himself in the hospital. Oh, yeah, with the, the crazy sort of... He opens his yeah, eyes yeah. and he's got yellow eyes uh-huh. and he's got a big fanged mouth. Mm-hmm. It has that sort of look where it's part, It's not quite animal and it's not quite it's human. Probably good makeup and it's, that way. And it's yeah. freaky. It is quite freaky, that bit. I think that... Um, there is a few like sort of half-eaten corpses and things. Yeah, it? and it's quite it's it is bit, quite sort of messy like that. A bit of gore, but um, mm-hmm. nothing like too nasty in it. No, no. But I think that that bit um, had there been more scenes of that sort of vein where people were transformed, it would have been a scarier film. It would yeah, have been quite I freakish. Mean, the the monsters when they're revealed, they're just almost revealed straight away. Yeah. Um, there's not much sort of shadow play or whatever. Yeah. And then, it's not like a film where they save the monster to the end. And the, but I mean, the monsters don't really serve any purpose. Mm. If you know what I mean, it's not like. I don't know. They're out. There. Well, yeah, they're out to get people, but it's all more about the conspiracy rather than the actual yeah. monsters. And there's not. And that the end of this version, which... it's not really tied up. We don't know what happens with the monsters because well, usually in these films, point, the monsters yeah. are either you see them scampering off at the end, or you know, there's a sort of bit of a coda where there's a handle pop up or something like that. Yeah, this or one an egg is, or something. Yeah, and this one, <laughs> the it's just, they're not dead and they're not still alive. We just don't know. Well, because there's, there's an explosion at the end. Yeah. And sort of the villain of the piece, if you like, you know, which we've established is this Wilson guy is like the government um, agency bloke. He he dies at the end of the film because mm. through through the fact that he's like constantly trying to sort of um, kill the people who know about it. Mm-hmm. But um, but the explosion is on the top. Of, it's like at the top of the manhole cover, isn't it? Because yeah, and it supposed, doesn't really kill. Um, pumping gas into the sewers, and then this the, that goes up, but it you wouldn't. Any other film you'd see pictures of the sewers, all the exactly, other manholes and all the coming up, and, running from yeah, the fire or and something that. like that. Not but you even, don't really see that. No, it's just 
that's it end of story walk along exactly uh, and nobody goes to like we better ch- check there's not more of those things down there yeah definitely, definitely. but I, I think a lot of this is probably due to the fact that the screenplay like was rewritten mm. um and there's a lot of like there's a lot of sort of um hatred among some of the people who've who've made it and you know people sort of accusing each other of various things mm. so it's probably some of the sort of fallout of that it means that the film's such a such a mess really yeah but it's you know i, I wanted to like it more i really did i, I mean I, I i did find it entertaining mm. but i i wanted to like it more i wanted to sort of you know it to be the sort of classic that it's not well it's not the film that i remember and i found it a mm. bit of a slog to get through and the music's dated I mean, terribly as well yeah it obviously has its fans i mean like it's even referenced in the simpsons yeah and it's a pretty obscure film to be referenced in the simpsons True. Really. i'm quite surprised by that but i think it's just the whole acronym thing it's yeah just, the just, acronym would stick in your it's, mind yeah it does and it's it's sort of yeah it, it's definitely stuck in people's minds there but yeah no um i've got to give it a thumbs down i'm afraid i'm afraid so uh, you know it it the running time passed by like you know i wasn't bored watching it mm. but at the same time there's just so many like glaring things wrong with it um <laughs> there's a line i have to mention though that Go i on. quite enjoyed you know when they find the half transformed bum in like um shepherd rescues uh cooper uh-huh. from it at the last minute when he almost gets chomped <laughs> it's just and he exp- he basically just explains that he's the guy running the soup kitchen and he like recognises he says oh that's the one on such and such a street he's like thank god they deliver <laughs> but it's just a cheesy line but uh, I don't know why it just made us laugh it's just like I think it's that right mix of kind of tension and like a joke like sort of yeah. pay off it it just did make us chuckle but, but I mean, uh, yeah I mean uh, it's not the uh, the film that I kind of hoped it would be um, not having a lot of memory of it I kind of thought oh you know maybe this is another one of those sort of cult classics that's kind of um, you know that I've not revisited and hopefully it'll be really good but no it just it really does fall down in a lot of place, places and like I say not, um, not it's not an entertaining there's just so so many holes in it really mm-hmm. isn't it yeah definitely definitely like Swiss, the Swiss cheese of B movies really. <laughs> <laughs> right then well uh, we'll leave Chud there and uh, we'll move on to the next one indeed right then Second movie up this week is a Spanish werewolf movie from 2012, which in the UK is known as Attack of the Werewolves, but it's also known as Craig the Wolves of Arga. That's and the also, Spanish title, yeah. Or Lobos de Arga. Yeah. Um, and in the US, it's known as Game of Werewolves, which is just tragic. <laughs> <laughs> so. I heard about this film a couple of years ago. I don't know if it was another podcast or if it was like online that somebody said, oh, it's, it's worth checking out. It's quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth a look at. And uh, on the run-up to Pal- um, Halloween, Halloween <laughs> even, on the run-up to Halloween, the pound uh, shops were knocking this out for a quid, so I managed to snag a couple of copies for me and Craig in a nice uh, lenticular cover. Yeah. Is that the word for it? Well, it's one of those sort of 3D, 3D hologram yeah. covers, isn't it? When um, you move it and it moves. So, yeah, it was a pound each. And as this episode should be going out fairly quick, you might be able to still find it at the nearest uh, pound shop. Um, so, yeah, we I'd sort of... Attention had been peaked, but the, the cover doesn't do it any favours. No, really, it really does doesn't. It. Uh, so before we go on about the film itself, um, I think we should really talk about the poor marketing of it because the cover's rubbish. I mean, it makes it look like a sort of... More serious horror movie for one, but yeah. like a really bad B movie. Yeah. Um, it would have been better off with the original title of Wolves of Arga. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, because really none of the uh, none of the alternate titles are any good. 
but it's it, even the font and the sort of design of the cover just makes it look so straight to video trash uh-huh. that it's terrible. It doesn't do the film any favours. I mean, no. If you look at the Spanish posters, Spanish posters feature all the characters. They mm-hmm. let you know it's a comedy as well. Right. You know, like the sort of... Cause it's it like some of the Spanish posters have a bit of a cartoonish look with a werewolf on the roof of the car mm-hmm. attacking them and them looking all frightened but in a sort of mock comic way. Yeah, it it sells the film for the sort of film it is, right? Which is a horror comedy, um, and this cover it just really like mis mis markets the film to me, and it's annoying because mm-hmm. it's actually quite a good film. It is. Uh, I mean, basic synopsis of the film is this writer's lured back to the village where he grew up. Uh, in order for their villagers, as it transpires, to sacrifice him to break this 100-year curse on his, family. Um, on his family, which has brought about the werewolves, or hombre lobos, as they are <laughs> in uh, in Spanish. <laughs> so straight away, when we're talking about Spanish werewolf films, um, Valdemar Doninsky pops up. Um, the old Spanish films from the 70s. Um, what's the name of the guy again? Paul Nashi. Paul Nashi, that's it, yeah. Um, if you've seen any of those... <laughs> There's definitely a bit of a nod to those those films in this one, mm-hmm. even at the point when when the, so you see some of the werewolf transformations, the chest sort of pops out because Paul Nashie was well known for having a bit of a barrel chest, and <laughs> um, so th- there is a nod to that. And the, the overall look sort of is along those lines. Yeah, funny looking werewolves. We're not talking. Um, we're sort of more like a human face, really, yeah. aren't they? Well, they kind of um, recall some of the sort of Wolfman style movies, but they are more like an actual wolf stands upright. So it's somewhere between the wolfman and the howling, I would say. Yeah. So like you, but, so they stand upright on two legs, but they have a sort of more humanoid face. Yeah, they don't have a snout. Yeah. That's, I suppose that's yeah, what I'm getting exactly, at. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which is what you're used to, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, the main character is Thomas. Um, yeah. And he basically, uh, as we say, returns to the village, um, kind of reconnects with his childhood best friend, who, who like, uh, <laughs> it seems uh, treated him like... He was a bit of a dick back in the day. Wasn't yeah. he? Played a lot of pranks on him and wasn't exactly the best. Uh, yeah, is that his friend Callisto, yeah. Yes, that's Callisto, right, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, he's followed by his uh, shady literary agent, Mario, yeah. who's a bit bit of an odd bod. Yeah. Um, and he's also his, he, he has his, his Jack Russell dog, Vito, along for the ride as yeah. well. They're kind of like your central heroes, if you like. Absolutely. And the dog, like sort of a bit like the uh, the artist, he gets quite a sort of role in it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, like. Uh, poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, um, it's a funny little film because it, it it sort of does build up a fair bit of atmosphere mm-hmm. because it's shot in Spain, it's shot in a village. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, just as it is. It's a rural part, part of the country, whereas, you know, I think if yeah. you were to film that over here or in the States to get the sort of period feel, they'd have to chuck all sorts into the production where it's it's fairly straightforward. So, they make, so they make some like um, good use of the fact it's sort of like a quaint little town and that the guy who's the mayor is also the priest yeah aye. <laughs> and there's a lot of jokes about it kind of being a bit backward and stuff like that yokels and things yeah. like that yeah and there is pitchforks and sides in there isn't there so <laughs> yeah. yeah it is good um, we not, should sorry, no go on go I ahead I was going to say we should talk about the humour in the film because it's extremely black yeah it's very <laughs> dark humour and plus also it's got I think I just mentioned it just before we started recording it's got this sort of rapid fire sort of humour that you get with um, Italian Spanish, and Spanish yeah. films, yeah. yeah, sort of going backwards and forwards. There's a lot of back and forth of dialogue and characters arguing and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, but it is extremely black. I mean, some of the places it goes in the plot, we don't want to spoil too much because a lot of the humour, 
there's a lot of the humour derives from a lot of big plot twists in it. Yeah. And some of them are quite shocking because they're so just like come out of nowhere. Yeah, they do. Like, yeah, just, just in the course of, of, of the conversations that the characters and some of them are have. a bit wrong, to be honest. With you. Yeah, some of, some of it is a bit wrong. But um, the opening title sequence of the film is, is a nice mm. little sort of well, not quite animation. It's like a, um, it's like a sort of graphic novel, a comic book, really. Isn't mm-hmm. it? It's uh, it's you know you get those motion comics where they kind of just move and you get a soundtrack on. Yeah, kind of reminded me of that in mm-hmm. a way because. It it's a nice, the, quick, cheap way to illustrate the backstory. Of the curse. Yeah, of the yeah. curse. Shows you a few images of what happened um, when gypsies visited the village and a curse was visited on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it it does set up and go launch into it quite well, then going to the modern day and telling you the story of Thomas and everything. Um, there's a bit of gore in it, but it's nothing like, you know, it's obviously being a comedy, it's quite, it's for comic effect quite Yeah, often. uh-huh. Um, there's like a decapitation, the arms mm-hmm. ripped off, and things like that. And, yeah, but it's it's, it's really all, good. It's all good, clean fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's a 15 certificate, so it's uh-huh. it's not going to get too heavy, and it, it gets quite sort of ramps up the action towards the it end. Does, it does, yeah. It yeah. gets a bit kind of like siege movie with loads of werewolves yeah. advancing on the church and uh-huh. then trying to fend them off and kind of keep them out. And um, these, they don't sort of well, they do run about the world with werewolves, don't they? The, mm-hmm. the leap sort of yeah, they kind of saw through the air, yeah. like, sort of like having a big floaty leap, don't they? Uh-huh. Like, sort of like the Hulk used to in the Marvel comics. Ah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they sort of glide through the air like at people. Yeah. Um, and when we get towards the end, and there's all this big sort of like action scene, um, the sheriff like is introduced because he's not he's not really in the film until about halfway through. There's a sheriff of a neighbouring place. He's not quite. He's not the sheriff of that village. But he's from nearby. He comes to investigate. All oh, the two cops that come all up. The yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and there's the sheriff and his partner. Yeah, well, the the partner's totally incompetent. <laughs> Which leads to some really funny yeah. scenes where he's getting pursued by. Wolves. Yeah, and one spoiler too. And much, you get like a sort of commentary off 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 the well, the sort of sheriff police chief fellow or the guy who knows what he's doing. He's gone. Oh, I told you, you should have gone to PT. I told you, you should have gone to shooting practices. It is quite good. <laughs> And um, he becomes a kind of almost like an action hero towards the end of the film. Does, if, yeah. if there was any action hero in the film, it would be the sheriff. He's, he's the nearest one. Yeah, he's near- the one who who sort of like is the only one who's really like capable, if you like. Um, very strange how how a lot of the sort of uh, press compared to Shaun of the Dead because there's no comparison whatsoever. Right. It, see, it seems like um, if there's a horror comedy that's pretty good, they just decide let's compare it to that because it's one of the most mainstream ones yeah, in recent that, memory that's the benchmark isn't it yeah, yeah it really annoys me that I mean if if anything if we're talking about Edgar Wright films it's probably got a lot more in common with Hot Fuzz because there's a cult and there's like a sh- shady goings on in a village you're right you're, uh, yeah, yeah that's spot on that yeah. <laughs> it, you know it just seems, seems a bit odd but yeah it's, it, I've seen so many quotes on UK DVDs that it's like Shaun of the Dead when in, actually, in actual fact it couldn't be more far removed from it but there you go <laughs> But, case of uh, <laughs> some of the critics not knowing their ass from their elbow. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's us. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I think we'll just we'll wrap this here really because there's not. I think it's well worth a pound. It's it's well worth a watch. It's, yeah. it's a really good film, and it it's difficult to talk to, to difficult to talk about without being too spoilery. Yeah. Because so much of the humour and the good scenes rely on what you don't expect, and the fact that there is more to the curse than it first appears. Which leads to like some twists and things. So, let's not get too much into um, what happens later yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, it's it gets quite interesting in terms of the way things unfold. Uh huh. It's cheap and cheerful, but it's a lot better than a lot of the films you see in the pound yeah. shops. Yeah, if so. you like your horror comedies, definitely check it out. Oh yeah, and it also it's forced um, Spanish subtitles, mm-hmm. which the man at the counter was 
in pains to tell us. Oh, it's got Spanish subtitles, mine. I'm like, okay. There, there, pedal. You know, it's funny because uh, there's quite a few times I've went to the cinema to see a foreign film and somebody's informed you, you do realise it's Spanish, you do realise it's Japanese, yeah. you do realise right. it's... And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do my research for a film. I don't just like say, oh, that post looks good. Some people mustn't, yeah. <laughs> exactly, well, it's true. He's one for a reason, I yeah. guess. Well, that about wraps it up for The Wolves of Arga. Check it out if you get the chance. Okay, so last up in this Halloween special is Mario Barber's 1971's Bay of Blood. Mm-hmm. But before we get into it, the title Bay of Blood wasn't the first title. No. And it wasn't the last title. It certainly wasn't. Have you got a list there, Craig? I do. Um, well, initially, it was known under a different title when it was shot, and um, and then again when released. I can't remember the order in which they came in, but um, but Bear Blood was the title that it settled on, I believe, on its second cinema release. Right. Now, it's also been known in Italy as... Where was it? One second, I'm going through my list here. The Ecology of Crime and Chain Reaction. Right. Um, it later in America was was and the UK was known by titles as such as Carnage, Bloodbath, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and also in America, because it was released by the same distributors as The Last House on the Left, uh-huh. it was known as There's Last House on the Left Part Two and New House on the Left, <laughs> which is just incredibly cheeky. But they did that a lot back in the day. Yeah, trying to market films on the success of other films. Mm-hmm. But it seems particularly bizarre when you consider that they're nothing alike in any way. It's not like you can even, you know, link short, it, yeah. it's not like you can even link it like it's sort of cheap cashing or anything like that. It's it's not like even thematically the same, really. No. Yes, it's got murders in it and it's a horror film, but yeah. it's not really this similar type of movie at all. It's, it's bizarre. So many different titles, and I remember like early doors. Obviously, it was it was a video nasty back in the day, but mm-hmm. you see all these titles come up, and you didn't realise it was the same film. Mm-hmm. Anti Fatto was another one as well, yes. which is probably a translation of one of those titles. I'm not sure. Wasn't the one? It was also known as the Anti Descent or the Anti Decent. I'm not sure you pronounced yeah. that. Oh, I don't know. So about I don't that know if that's one. an Italian yeah, one. It might well. be as well. Um, basically, what the film is, other than just being a catalogue of murders, <laughs> it's uh, it's all about some property. Um, yes. The titular pe- bay. Yeah, that people want to get a hold of. And it's just a catalogue of, of, of killers. Of, of Well, if I bump so-and-so off, well, that, that means I'm next in sort of line sort exactly. of thing. And um, there's a lot of people killing each other in this film. You know, it's not a, it's not like a traditional slasher with one sort of a person bumping off everyone else. Exactly, yeah, because the way it's set up, um, the first murder is the old dear, the, the countess, the countess yeah. who, uh, who owns, owns the, the property and the land. Um, and she doesn't want to let it go. No, um, as it transpires in the film. And she is hung mm-hmm. by a black wolf killer. So straight away you think, all oh, right, it's going to be a jallo. Mm-hmm. But it's not. That's that's a bit of a red herring. Because obviously um, Mario Barber was well known for, for his jallo films, um, Blood and Black Lace and some and films like that. Uh, and the black gloves being a very sort of uh, recognisable part of those films. Mm-hmm. But So it starts off like that and then... That one murder begets the next and the next, and it's, it's just like yeah. a chain reaction of well, which is one of the titles, isn't it? Chain yes, reaction exactly, yeah. of of, uh, of murders, mm-hmm. um, and it's but there's no real substance to it, really, no. is there? I mean, a lot of uh, giallo films and Italian horror films in general get accused of not having a lot of substance, or maybe some of the plots not make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. In some ways, in some of those films, that's a good thing because it allows you for like you know 
it's a lot of style of substance and crazy stuff going on. Yeah. This one, um, it was criticised a lot of the time for the fact that, you know, there's so many characters all kill each other off and you're not, and when it gets a good way through, you're not really sure where you are with all that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's, you know, it, it sort of um, lends itself well to, to just being quite edgy of your seat. But well, yeah, I suppose, yeah, because some 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 were just it's like oh I didn't expect that to happen, but I think just overall for for it being a Mario Bava film, it's just not what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, very low budget. Um, and basically what I've I mean what I've got written down here. You had seen it before though, for I have seen it before, but it was a poor poor copy, uh, copy print I should ago, say. No it was quite some time ago, um, and it was probably. Could have been like a public domain print from America that I had that was very, very grainy and nasty looking. Yeah. Um, which actually did enhance some of the effects, although the effects in it are quite good. For 71, they're yeah, pretty damn yeah. good, actually. But, um, Can I just interject a second? Mm-hmm. Just say that um, my first viewing of it was on VHS. On right. Like, um, and it was quite badly cut. Right. And I, I didn't know that at the time. I later read in like um, one of the sort of uh, horror mags that I was reading that the UK version at the time was censored. Mm. I knew it had run into some trouble with controversy and it was previously banned. Uh-huh. And a lot of films in those, that era, sort of early 90s time, were still censored. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did think it probably would have been, judging from some of how jarring some of the cuts were, so I, I went and found out. Mm-hmm. I think it was from something like Dark Side magazine or something like that at the time, or a book uh, that they produced and found out that it had been. So I thought at the time, well, I'm going to have to have another view of this. Mm. I'm going to have to watch it uncut further down the line. Yeah. And it took quite a long time before I actually got to around to source copy. seeing it uncut, which was this actual Blu-ray release from Arrow, which came out a few years ago. Um, so I didn't feel like I'd had a proper opportunity to judge the film properly uh-huh. until I'd seen this. But um, it's very interesting because obviously this came a long time before the sort of slew of like what would be termed slasher movies. Yeah. Came a long time before the likes of Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, The Burning, all that. Um, and it's well reported that, that this is considered, excuse me, considered as the daddy of these sort of yeah, like uh, kind of like the films. prototype or blueprint yeah. of the genre. Um, in fact, Friday the Thirteenth um, ripped quite a few of the kills off. Well, not, uh-huh. not quite a few, a couple. Um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two had a scene which borrowed, basically borrowed like wholesale the the kill where. The two, um, the two people who are in bed together get a spear driven through them. Yeah. Like uh, through the guy's back and then through the woman and yeah. through the bottom of the bed. Uh-huh. And that is like totally lifted. It's 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 obvious it's been taken straight from this. Yeah. I mean, I've got a list here of all the different killings. So we've got death by um, phone wire, hanging, spear, machete, good old knife stabbing, scissors and axe. And some of those are doubled up. I think there might be a shotgun chucked in yeah. for good measure. <laughs> So it's, actual it is quite it? a list and um, yeah I mean getting back to the sort of budget and things like that it seems mm-hmm. quite cheap um, and when I did start reading about it they said oh yeah this, the sort of the money wasn't there mm-hmm. um, so things that they did probably wanted to do in the film mm-hmm. uh, they, they just couldn't and I found out that although in the film it looks like it's all set in the forest and woods there was virtually only a couple of trees there Really, um, and a lot of it's just the the sort of creativity of Mario Bava making it look as if it's got all these trees around it. Oh right, around okay. the, this sort of. I wasn't estate. aware of that. That's interesting. No, no. Um, 
But also, one thing that did sort of bug me, and they said, oh, it was because of the lack of money, was all the zooms that were used in the yeah, film. Yeah, there's a lot of zooms in that film. My quote here is, I haven't seen so many zooms since a Bruce Lee film. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, uh, good um, observation, I like that. Yeah, it's just it's a funny little film, but I mean, Some there's no likeable um, characters in the film, No, is they're all absolute bastards, yeah. really. There's, <laughs> there's no ne- other way to say it, politely. wells and crazies I've got, got written down. <laughs> Um, there's a really good uh, cut in this film, like um, where someone's gory decapitations intercut with pottery smashing. Um, you, so you get like the person's head being chopped off, yeah, and then a plate crashing to the ground. Yes, yeah, the way it's there. like the way it's sort of um, one goes into the next is like really good. Yeah, I mean a lot of eighties horror films later would use that as almost like a gag. I know there's yeah. one of the Friday the 13th films where somebody's getting butchered, then the next scene somebody's chopping meat uh-huh. and things like that. You know, and there's a lot of that in a lot of 80s um, films. There's definitely a few stylistic touches that you'd expect from a Mario Bava film, but mm-hmm. overall, they're, they're few and far between, and certainly not not up there with it, with his top films. And also, I've got to mention, um, I think there's one of the characters, the, the sort of teenager characters, mm-hmm. who looks like John Gordon Sinclair in Gregory's Girl. <laughs> I think he's the guy who gets a machete in the face, but I just thought I'd mention that. So if you watch it, check it out. You you will notice that. There's uh, there's also a scene where there's a squid sucking on a dead guy's face. Oh, that's vile, that isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty Because I think in in the copy, uh, the first well, not copy, the the well, I actually bought it. Uh, the first version I saw, it, and that copy it was so poor the quality. I thought that was actually a bloke's face. Yeah. In this one, you can see it's a dummy. Yeah. Uh, but that's but the how, squid is yeah, real. Squid is it's real. Pretty, yeah. Pretty disgusting. Uh-huh, it's, it's kind of yeah. Crawling all over his Well, mush. yeah, they keep referring to them as squids in this in the film, but they're octopus. Yeah, they are yeah. octopus. To be it's fair. weird because a lot says Bay of Blood. It always looks like it's a lake. Mm. Uh, a lot, a lot. They reckon that the, the, where it was filmed was actually sort of by the sea. There's there's so much about this film that's interesting. Though I mean, the fact that it it did come so far ahead of a lot of these um, sort of movies would be termed slasher films, and the fact that the violence is very very much above what you would expect from a film mm-hmm. of that era well the special effects were done by um, Carlo Rambaldi who was a yeah. T's dad for Absolutely. want of a better word yeah um, <laughs> Carlo Rambaldi he, was pretty he used to get into trouble like there was a, a Fulci film I can't remember which one where he'd made these sort of skin dogs and the and the, the Italian censors said right we're going, we're going to you've skinned dogs for real for that film mm-hmm. we're going to prosecute you and he have was to pretty talented turn up with, with, with the dummies just to prove that they weren't the real deal that they were sort of fake uh, so he was very talented and that's why he probably did mm-hmm. end up working uh, in America you know yeah. so um, yeah and it is like like I say we were talking about that guy gets machete to the face before mm-hmm. and it's Another the machete goes in and it gets yeah, it gets pulled. Yeah, and exactly. then you see it get removed, which is yeah, it's sort even of, uh, nastier. Um, Christopher Lee attended a premiere of, of the film, didn't he? Um, right, at it, a festival. I or something. only read about this recently. I didn't know about it until recently. But yes, he went to its premiere because Christopher Lee had been in a Barber film yes, earlier, The Whip yeah. and the Body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in that, and he was a big fan of Barber's work. But Barber's earlier work was much more restrained. Yeah, and he wasn't expecting a film with this level of violence, and apparently he was a bit disgusted by yeah. it, wasn't he? Uh-huh. Um, it's pretty full on. Like, it is. Yeah. I mean, I imagine in nineteen seventy one, people have been like, "Whoa, mm-hmm. that's uh, a bit uh, much." Because uh, <laughs> it was like before the, I suppose, like the special effects and things like that. It was before The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Um, Night of the Living Dead was quite nasty, but it was in still in black and white, so you couldn't really yeah. get away with that. Well, this this again. I mean, in some respects, it's quite a cheesy film. I thought it would have been downgraded that they were fifteen, but no, it's still a, a red blooded eighteen. Mm. Um, I think there's, a, there's quite an extended sequence of nudity. Maybe it's something to do. With yeah, that. quite possibly, quite possibly. But uh, 
Do you want to tell the uh, infamous Tyneside Cinema Quiz story? <laughs> oh, you've got to do that one. You've got to do that one. <laughs> well, it's just to sort of uh, fill you in, me and Fraser got away. Um, or we haven't been in quite a while, actually, but we used to regularly go to the Tyneside Cinema Film Quiz. And um, This was the Halloween one, wasn't it? The Halloween it? Yeah. one, yeah, because whenever we went to the Halloween one, apart from one particularly tough year where the questions were ridiculous, we've won. Um, <laughs> and this, this, this year... That I'm talking about, they had a question about beer blood. It was a picture, wasn't it? A picture round. That's right, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a picture round. And they were asking about the alternate titles for the film now. Well, no, no. What it was, I said, is a picture from a film. What film is it? And we wrote down. That's right, uh, yes. Beer, uh, so you should have told the story. Yeah, well, no. It's, <laughs> so it's a picture, identify the film. And straight away, so everybody's going to say Friday the 13th. And then you said, no, it's... And I can't remember which title we put down now. I we, think put we put down Bay of Blood, Blood, but they said it was Twitch of Death, Death Nerve, which was not the title. Uh, well, it is a title. but It it's, is a title. But it's one of them. It's, and we had to go up and argue the, the case to say, there's about 10 different titles for this film. Did you not yeah. know that? And they had to but then... technically, Bay of Blood is, the, is really like the yeah, official it is. one. Yeah, definitely. So so the guy who like hummed and hard, he did his research, went online and that. Then he apologised and came back and said, oh, actually, yeah, you're, you're yeah. right. But uh, quite often when Fraser's told the story, I've flipped tables over and... Oh, yeah, you, you and... did. No, you were straight <laughs> over, like. And I, I'm always maintaining that. So you got to watch out for harm, I mind. That time at that, that quiz, he was chucking tables left, right and centre, storming up to have a word with uh, the fella. Brilliant. Brilliant. But yeah, we we've, uh, we should go back to that quiz, actually, because um, it's, it's, you know, we've always had uh, a very we, good winning streak like, there. Yeah, we did okay. <laughs> we did all right. Um, lounge music. Yeah. Oh, it's bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, the fashions are particularly bad as well. It's very night and set. Like, well, the end of till end of the sixties, early seventies. But, but overall, what do you? How do you feel that it sort of stands up today? It's worth a watch, but I, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't I'm rate right it as middle. highly as some people do. Nah, no. I mean, don't get us wrong. It's entertaining, and yes, you know, I That's like a... sort of films that have elaborate effects with, and you know, sort of. Uh, you know, interesting and mm-hmm. outlandish kills and stuff, and yeah, I like me me sort of uh, slashes and uh, and Jalo stuff. Though I'm not as well versed in that sort of thing as you are, mm. um, but it's nowhere near as good as some of the other sort of uh, films that are termed classics out there. Yeah. I can understand its place in history, and I think um, the fact that it's was so influential makes it very interesting. That's why it's got its rep, basically. Yeah, but I think that maybe people do rate it a little bit too highly. I've I own the um, the Blu-ray that I picked up when Arrow brought it out a couple of years back. Yeah. And um, that's a film, you know, I'm happy to have in my collection, but definitely um, I wouldn't term it as one of my no, favourites. It's a lesser title, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, for me. Yeah. But I think it's, it is it is very intriguing because of, you know, where it sort of sits in the kind of horror, mm-hmm. in, the, in the history of horror, basically. And the ending's just like, well, a bit like a lot of Jallo films. It's like, what? Yeah. <sighs> we should... <laughs> And like a lot of people think the ending is brilliant, but it's you know not for me. I think that it's no. kind of it is maybe a bit too just like out there. Ridiculous. It's a yeah. bit ridiculous and crazy. Mm. But you'll have to watch. You'll have to watch it to find out. Yeah, exactly. We won't. We won't <laughs> we'll spoil that, that here. Well, I think that's enough about a bit of blood. Um, we hope you've enjoyed the Halloween special. <laughs>